the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Over the last two programs, we explored submission to authority. Today, we focus in on that authority as it relates to civil authority. Join us for this Friday broadcast of Abounding Grace with Gary Wagner. Online at reformedheritage.org, from Reformed Heritage Church in San Jose, this is Abounding Grace. Our teacher and pastor, Gary Wagner, has been walking us through the book of Romans this week, chapter 13, verses 1 through 7. Today's message is called Submission to Civil Authority. Specifically speaking, how do we handle that submission God calls us to when it comes to governments we don't necessarily agree with? What's it all about, Alfie? Join us. Here's Pastor Gary Wagner with today's broadcast of Abounding Grace. Submission to Civil Authorities, Part 2. And this won't be the end. There'll be a couple of more sermons on this. Throughout the first 11 chapters of Romans, we have learned a great deal about theology, coordination, justification, reconciliation, and the like. But what does that have to do with everyday life? In relation to that, Dr. Stephen Lawson asks the following questions. He says, it's not enough just to teach doctrine. It's not enough to teach theology. It's not enough just to teach the truths of systematic theology. It's got to lead to a so what? So what does this have to do with your life on Monday morning? So what does this have to do with your life on Saturday night? What does this mean for you when you go to work? What does this mean for you when you start a new business? What does this mean for you when you start a family? What does this mean for us and our relationships? What is this so what? Well, if there is no so what, there's really no sermon. And if there is no so what, there is really no dynamic Christian life. And we see the so what in the rest of the chapters of Romans. In Romans 12... We are told to be a living and holy sacrifice to God, for that is our spiritual service of worship. We're called to be transformed by the renewing of our minds and not to be conformed to this world. We're told that God has given us all gifts that we are to use in service to him and to others. We are to bless those who persecute us, not to curse them. 
never pay back evil with evil, but so far as it depends on us, be at peace with all men. We are never to seek revenge. But if our enemy is hungry, feed him. If he is thirsty, give him a drink. For in doing so, you will heap burning coals on his head. Most of this, if not all of it, none of us, at least here, want to hear. I don't want to give my enemy food or drink. I don't care if they, are ever, if they ever eat or drink again. And really, I would like to heat burning coals on their heads. And vengeance is mine, saith me to everyone. My being a living sacrifice is giving my enemy the what for. Then in verse 13, we are told to be in subjection to the governing authorities. Really? Even to fools who can't rule their own homes, let alone this great, these great states of America? I'm not supposed to resist them? How is this possible? By the grace and the mercy of God. It is because we have been predetermined to eternal life, been redeemed and justified by a living God and are being formed more and more into the image of Christ that we are now able to put on Christ and sacrifice as he did for the gospel and to have the world say that truly is a man, a woman, a young person after God's own heart. Last week, we looked at the kind of submission we're to give to the governing authorities as we looked at the example of Christ who stood condemned before Herod and Pilate, submitting to injustices beyond our ability to comprehend, even though he is the Holy One of God. He was stricken, smitten, and afflicted, and then crucified which he submitted to willingly for our salvation. He was reviled, yet he did not revile in return. We are to remember that the powers that be, no matter how they obtain their authority, are appointed by God to their position, and we are to submit just as did Christ, unless submitting means we must disobey God. But there is another submission received in these lines, and that is the civil magistrate is supposed to submit to God as well. The descriptions that are given of him, like ordained of God, which is a very strong word, and then the word appointed, verse 1, to his position by God. Verse 4, he's called a minister of God. The same word for deacon. He's a deacon of God. Now those descriptions are applied to the Roman Caesars just as they apply today to the whole cabal of bureaucrats in Washington, D.C. And they are given their office by God. Their rule, they rule by his appointment and must therefore never serve, must therefore serve him however they happen to come into office or authority. What is their role? 
It is to terrorize evildoers and to praise the righteous, the good. Listen carefully. By describing them as his ministers, the Lord is commanding them to rule as his ministers. So as Christians, we cannot endorse a secular view of the state. We cannot endorse government by natural law because to do this is to abandon the crown rights of Jesus Christ. It is political polytheism, which is idolatry, as we have in our government system today. And the church is responsible prophetically to call in her personal witness, that's you and I, and in her public ministry from the pulpit to call governments, men, all to obey God and serve him as we practice this ourselves meekly and, if necessary, suffer for our Savior. God's word is our only manna from heaven. God's word is the only light in which we live. So in this passage, we must affirm not only our duty to submit to the higher authorities, but also by the way they have been described by God, the Holy Spirit. They must see themselves as his ministers and rule as such. They must fear God, confess him openly and publicly, and rule in terms of God's word. Now, This is especially true because Jesus is now, from 1 Timothy 6.15, the King of kings and Lord of lords. And in Revelation chapter 1 verse 5, heaven calls him the prince of the kings of the earth. These are not just honorary titles. It is the de facto truth that no one rules at any level of life. The husband that you have, woman, the parents that you have, child, the leaders that you have at various levels of government, none of them are there except by the specific appointment of Jesus Christ, the King of kings and Lord of lords. Therefore, they must see themselves, Isaiah 42, 4, waiting for his law or hope in his teaching. Psalm 2, kings and judges must kiss the son, and I call them here now to do so. Even as the civil rulers are ordained of God, so Jesus Christ has now been made exalted, extolled very high, the prince of the kings of the earth. He has the name that is above every name. So the Christian political theory, in a nutshell, is something you can teach your children in 10 seconds. Christ, not man, is king. Not just spiritual in the heavens, pie in the sky, by and by, one day over an ethereal kingdom. That would be to rip his mediatorial person into pieces. For he died on the cross and gave himself in the expectation. Read Psalm 22. Read Psalm 45. Read Psalm 72. Read Isaiah 53. 
Read Philippians 2. He humbled himself and became obedient unto death with the expectation that as the reward for his obedience and suffering and death, he would receive universal dominion as the mediator. And every knee would bend and every tongue confess, Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. And you can bet on that, beloved. Now the West used to give at least lip service to this, although under a very convoluted theory of kingship. But it no longer does, as we all know, which means... Western governments, every single one of them is in open treason and rebellion against the king. Beloved, this is the reality in which we live. They are in open rebellion and treason against the king of kings and lord of lords. Now, whatever you want to identify as the beginning points of the rebellion be it the French Revolution, or you can go back to previous rebellions as well. But we are in rebellion today. So unless we repent and come back to the king, our nations and our peoples will be continually judged and eventually, if they do not repent, be destroyed. Because Isaiah chapter 60, verse 20, you can read it later, it very specifically says that nation or that kingdom will be destroyed if it does not serve him. He will utterly ground it to powder. And you know this, for we've seen it over the past 2,000 years, but we will see it again. Turn to Revelation chapter 19. This is a passage of scripture that describes what our Savior is doing between his being seated at the right hand of the Father and his second coming at the end. You see, he is warring. He is interceding. And he is our king. Revelation 19.11 And I saw heaven open. And behold, a white horse, and he that sat upon him was called faithful and true and in righteousness. Notice present tense verbs. He doth judge and make war. Not he will, sometime off in the future. He is judging and making war now. His eyes are a flame of fire. On his head are many crowns, and he had a name written that no man knew but he himself. And he was clothed in a vesture dipped in blood, and his name is called the Word of God. The armies which were in heaven followed him upon white horses, clothed in fine linen, white and very clean. And out of his mouth goeth a sharp sword, that with it he should smite the nations, and he shall rule them. And not just in heaven. These national distinctions wouldn't make sense in heaven, beloved. He shall rule the nations with a rod of iron. And he treadeth the winepress of the fierceness of the wrath of Almighty God. And he hath on his vesture and on his thigh a name written, King of Kings and Lord of Lords. You see, 
The promises that God made to his son are too precious to fail to come to pass. He says, son, you humble yourself and you become obedient unto death, even the death of the cross. I will raise you from the dead and will seat you at my right hand. And I am giving you all of the nations of the earth to rule over by the sword coming out of your mouth, which is the gospel, your holy word. So we can either repent in the West and come back to Christ and be done with all the silly idolatry and tolerance of stupidity. But whether we do or not, but whether we do or we don't, Yahweh's son is going to be exalted, extolled, and lifted very high. His robes, as we see here, are dripping with blood, and they will drip more unless we repent and kiss the son, because at the end of Isaiah 53, there is another promise made to him after going through all of his whole horrible sufferings. He said, the pleasure of the Lord will prosper in his hands one way or another. Earlier in Isaiah, in chapter 9, verse 7, we read, Of the increase of his government and peace, there will be no end. Then he concludes, The zeal of the Lord of hosts will perform this. These promises, beloved, should inspire us to a great zeal for the honor of Jesus Christ and also deep grief that none of our leaders are calling on our nation to kiss the sun. We should be deeply grieved, but whatever our spirit is, whether it is, man, this is great, the king reigns, we must then go back to the grief of how far we have fallen and repent. We need to remember this one point. God will fight and win the battle for his son's preeminent in his own way. He would not have us rush ahead with our revolutions and our wrath, which never, never accomplished the righteousness of God. Now back to Romans 13. Our duty is very simple. It is to submit to the existing powers, present tense, the powers that are, the powers that be. But they didn't come to office legitimately. Irrelevant, ruled out of court. If they are the powers that be, they are the powers that God put there, end of dispute. We must fear God and honor the king. And by following scripture, it should be an encouragement to us to be meek and to submit to God's will. By doing so, we also show an example from men high and low that we are under authority, that we serve another king, one Jesus, before whom the nations must tremble or be swept away. We must bow to him. Our witness must be we are bowed to him. And we must also imitate his patience and his long-suffering He did not come to consume his enemies with fire from heaven, did he? He healed them. He gave his life for his enemies. That would be us. He came to save the world by his life, death, and reign. 
So even as we grieve over the insults that are done to the majesty of Christ, we're supposed to follow 1 Timothy chapter 2, 2 and pray for all of those who are in authority that we may lead a quiet and peaceable life. The main way that God would have us as Christians seek his kingdom and righteousness is to remember there is a sword coming out of the mouth of our Savior. And that sword is the word of God. And by faithfully living it and speaking it and loving it and meditating on it, the kingdom does come. Isn't that the way it comes to into your own life? It's no different from you and how God deals with you. This is how God deals with men collectively. His word brings them life. When we take matters into our own hands, act like hotheads, have a rebellious spirit, then we sheathe that sword. But if we believe that God has made promises to his son that will be fulfilled, that kings and all who are in authority are supposed to rule as ministers of God, that this is God's battle and he will fight it, that the zeal of the Lord will perform this, then several things happen to us. And all of this is, by the way, an introduction to the text, which we will begin looking at next week. But one, it gives us peace in times of suffering. Because whoever the governing powers are, who governs them? Jesus Christ, the one who lived and died for us. So they are not doing anything to me, about me, scheming against me, whoever they are, that is not fully known by God, fully ordained by him, directed and controlled by him for the good of his church. Ephesians 1.23, he rules over all things for the sake of his church. This should bring tremendous peace. We don't have to be agitated. We know every time there is an election, it is either euphoria or it is calamity, but not for us because this is not our city. It is their city, the pagans, not ours. Here we have no continuing city, but we contribute to it. We want to show men the way they can build their lives and their institutions upon the rock of God's word. We want to participate in that. But our fortunes in the church do not rise or fall with who's in office. They are as high as they can be at every moment. Because the one who loves us and gave himself for us is now installed at the right hand of the Father as King of kings and Lord of lords. He is exalted and extolled and very high. And we are and must be exalted, extolled and very high in him. So we have peace. Let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts, too. He gives us hope. Sometimes you wonder who are the bad guys here. Are, they, are there any good guys? Does everyone have on gray hats or black hats? 
That's what happens when no one says Christ, not man, is king. Morality becomes just a bowl of gray oatmeal. Well, over here, it is really sweet, and I see a little bit of light. Maybe we can go over there. But we don't really have that problem in the church if we allow God's word to be our guide. We don't look at the flow of history and say, you know, who's ever elected next year or next term, that's going to decide the whole future of my life. No, it is not. We submit to the powers to be and we pray for them. Well, this has been Abounding Grace with Pastor Gary Wagner from Reformed Heritage Church in San Jose. As we have closed out our time together today, I would remind you that our desire is to know how this program encourages you in Christ. Now, there are a couple of three ways that you can contact us to provide us with this information. And again, it would really encourage us a great deal if you'd take a moment and let us know how the program is encouraging you in your walk and relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. Here's how to contact us. Phone number is 408. 408- 8665607 that's 4088665607 our website where you can drop us an email and even learn a bit more about us is reformedheritage.org and then of course you can write to us at PMB that stands for post mailbox number 402 1484 Pollard Road Los Gatos California the zip code is 95032 Now, there is another way you can contact us, and this would be the best of all, especially if you're not involved in a church at this time. Plan on visiting. Let us uh, fellowship face-to-face, as it were. We meet at Lone Hill Church, 2 in the afternoon on Sundays at 5055 Lone Hill Road in Los Gatos. Directions can be found at our website, reformedheritage.org, or by calling 408-866-5607. By the way, copies of the broadcast are just $5. Mention today's date when you contact us, and we'll get a CD out to you right away. Thank you for joining us today. Until next time, God bless. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here. Here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never before seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. Salemnow.com.